Hey everyone, welcome to 2021. You're probably thinking about your strategy and planning for this year if you're not already deeply into it. And we thought one great way to make sure we're making the right decisions there is to talk to more experts. So we brought on a panel of five people that you all likely have heard of. Cyrus Shepard, Mike King, Alita Solis, Rand Fishkin, and Kevin Indig. And all five have some unique takes about what will change this year or maybe what won't change that we'll play some clips for and then in turn give our own commentary with. So, Caroline, who are we going to start out with? So first, we're going to start out with Cyrus Shepard. He's the founder of Zippy SEO and formerly of Moz. He's also just a must follow on Twitter. We're actually going to layer one of his comments along with Mike Kings, who's the managing director and founder of iPollRank, because they had some interesting differing opinions on Core Web Vitals. Hi, Cyrus Shepard here. Three big things that are changing in the SEO marketing world in 2021. Number one, we know it's coming. It's guaranteed. Poor web vitals. This is going to impact mobile pages with a poor user page speed experience. Google is launching this in May of this year. And when it rolls out, those pages that are just slow on mobile are going to suffer a decline in rankings. I don't predict it's going to be a huge decline when it first rolls out. But over the course of the year, those pages are, are going to suffer in search if they can't speed up and present a better user experience. Second, rolling out right now, passage ranking or passage indexing by Google. This is going to allow Google to narrow in on very specific answers on web pages and give a boost in visibility that they didn't receive before. I think the result of this is we're going to see continuing lower click-through rates for publishers as Google gets better at pulling in answers into its SERPs. So we're going to have to adapt. And third, links are still a huge, important ranking signal, but I think this is the year that we see engagement signals confirmed for the first time in a major way, things like, you know, task completion, time on site, return to SERP, all those things that are very controversial. I think we're going to see some confirmation this year. Big changes for 2021. I'm Mike King, Managing Director and Founder at iPollRank. So what do I think is going to happen for SEO in 2021? Well, one, I don't think the core web vitals thing is going to be as big of a deal as people are making it out to be. We had a whole year to turn that around. So I suspect it's going to be the same thing as when the mobile friendliness update rolled out, where it's not going to have that net effect that we're all expecting. I do think, though, the mobile only index is going to be a much bigger deal because the mobile environment introduces yet another context that we need to account for. So now we have the combinations of HTML versus JavaScript. We have mobile versus desktop, which basically creates eight combinations that we need to look for. And our SEO tools don't really do that natively. And so there's a lot of people that take their tools at face value that are going to have a rude awakening once this all goes down. I worked on the web almanac, the SEO section, and we found that there's a 13% difference in content between the mobile and desktop environments across something like the top million websites or something like that. I think another big deal is going to be Google's granular understanding of pages. So they've gotten a lot better with that with BERT. We heard about something recently called Smith, where they're able to just really get into the subtopics of a page. And I think that's going to make the long tail even harder. At the same time, I expect that there's going to be a lot more people using generated content to attack the long tail. So what's going to happen is Google is going to be like, no, these, these pages that are focused on head terms actually are more authoritative around the long tail terms as well. And so there's going to be a shift in what ranks around that. And more importantly, or maybe most importantly, 
measurement is going to become so much more difficult. We're moving into a cookie-less environment. And so everything, every channel is going to be like we are right now if not provided. But it's going to be even worse for SEO because, you know, we're going to lose our ability to measure the way that we're used to now. So I think things are going to change this year. And I think it's largely on the technical side. I think, you know, content and so on is still going to be what it is, just going to be more technical capabilities to create it. So, yeah, it was interesting to hear these two and their opinion and how they might sound somewhat different, but I think aren't that different. So I think Cyrus is right that, yes, it's going to happen. I think, as he mentions, the decline might not be immediate or significant. And that's sort of the same as what Mike was saying with the mobile index hit not being as significant as everyone thought in the past. I think it's an interesting observation by Mike and reality that SEOs seem to like overreact to things that are new and make it feel huge. Like voice search was such a huge deal. There's so many conference talks on it. And then the net impact is just generally not that big. And maybe it's the same thing here, but I think regardless, it is a good point that this should be in our toolkit of things we care about as SEOs, whether or not it like shakes the earth, that feels like a good thing. And then on the passage indexing side, I think that relates to Mike's point of GPD-3 and subtopics in that potentially if I think it is possible that these auto-generated long tail pages could occur, and maybe Google's use of passage indexing will allow meteor head term pages to rank for some of these long tail if Google believes maybe those long tail pages are a lot worse and that could counteract some of that GPT-3 effect of the longer tail pages getting auto-generated as people start realizing that they can use a tool like that over time. But curious what your thoughts were on those two, Caroline. Yeah, I do agree with you that, you know, I think SEOs are kind of like, it can be kind of a pendulum swinging effect where it'll go to one. It's like as SEOs, because of our technical mindset, we really want a firm answer where it's like, yes, this is the best practice we should all follow or no, this is old school and we need to stop doing it. And I think with Core Web Vitals, it matters, but how much it will, we'll just have to see in May when it rolls out. From a passage indexing and just how does that relate to creating content? We did a podcast episode on GPT-3 and how that means, what that means for content creation. I think it's going to mostly matter on like who has the funds to invest in this kind of software and just how accessible that's going to be in 2021. I think it's still relatively new. So I don't think just any brand is going to be able to purchase and implement this kind of software or AI very easily, probably more of a two to three year or even five year rollout for something like that, to see that as like the norm when it comes to content creation. Something as a post our last conversation about that that's come out, there have been two tools that are pretty prominent, copysmith.ai and copy.ai that I've seen. Mostly they're solving for ad-based copy. I think GPT-3 and open.ai, who's behind that, has basically understood that there's a huge possibility of the web getting saturated <laughs> with this stuff and are actually blocking them from doing longer form content. It sounds like they're starting to figure out longer versions despite their initial reservations, but those two things will be interesting spaces to watch for the long term. So next, we're going to hear from Aleda Salish. She's an international mobile SEO consultant, and she also runs Remoters.net. Three things that I expect that become only more important in 2021 in SEO. On one hand, the importance of visual search, not only with video, but also with web stories. 
we can see how Google has been pushing a lot lately this new format and are now included not only in Search Results, but also in Google Discover. Then also how much more richer Google Search Results will become with Search Features. We can see how Google is supporting more and more different type of Search Features. So for example, the products, free listings now also shown in Google Search. This also web video, the usual rich results, FAQ, structured data, how to. So I only see this evolving even further. And finally, Google Discover, which I think it is the next step on the evolution of search, predictive search, obtaining information without actually looking for it in a much more natural way. And I can definitely see the importance of starting leveraging much more and identifying better ways to control and influence it traffic, visibility, usage, and it is important that we start better finding out how to leverage it. I like the latest comment on the visual search and just how important video and other multimedia is going to play a role in result pages moving forward and things like Google Discover. But I do think there's still a limitation to how much richer a search is going to get. I think about our clients that are in maybe the less sexy non-lifestyle industries and their result pages are still very traditional. Of course, there's search features like feature snippet boxes and things like that, or people also ask boxes, but from a multimedia standpoint, you don't see a lot of video content and imagery for a search like credit versus debit card or how to open up a bank account. Even though if you hop over to YouTube, there is actual content, video content that's performing really well from various brands like Penny Hoarder, Nerd Wallet, or even influencers like the Point Sky, things like that. It's not as robust as the lifestyle space, but I feel like the content is already there for Google to pull on the SERP if they wanted to. So I do think there is a little bit I'd be interested to see in 21 and just future years how much multimedia is going to play a role in something that definitely in B2B, I don't see it really being huge. But even in those B2C markets that are less visual, like a personal finance space or similar. Yeah, that makes sense. It it is one of those things where Google's aim is to obviously monetize in any way. And sometimes video is a good path. Like I Googled credit versus debit card as you're talking about that. And I see like, down page one, they're, they are pushing to YouTube, which they get ads off of if you watch that video, even if it's not the most relevant thing. But I think it is possible that they could keep pushing. But for us as marketers, I think it can't hurt to, in general, think about that and continue to push for rich multiplying media where it makes sense, but would agree that it's don't feel like you have to do it just to do it. But in general, content quality is going to continue to ramp up with these things. So If you are on credit versus debit card and you don't have a video, it's probably not the best thing for you. And another thing that I thought was interesting with Aleda, she is an international consultant. She's based in Spain. One thing we had a conversation about in listening to her take was Android is still very prominent iOS, but is more prominent in international markets as compared to the US. So depending on who you are and if you're listening to this or not, Android, which is more likely to have Google discover and make that more prominent as a traffic source for you, could be more prominent for your international websites. But in the US today, maybe that can go up, but I don't think it's as big on Apple and there aren't, given the Safari side and the fact that they there's rumors they might make their own search engine, might not be a long-term thing. We will see. 
Yeah, Alayda's comment made me think how much of my like SEO takes are informed by the fact that I have an iPhone as opposed to an Android device. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great point and just yet another aha to like, we need to actually learn where our customers are searching and, and how they operate and might not always be the same thing as us Mac users, <laughs> which is better than Android. Right? <laughs> Hi, I'm Rand Fishkin, the co-founder and CEO of SparkToro and previously the founder of Moz. And I've got a heck of a prediction for you. I think that in 2021 and in the years ahead, we are going to see and be able to prove that Google's rankings are not using the link graph nearly as much as they used to. And that in fact, Google is inferring many links and many of the connections between websites and brands from what I'll call the inferred link graph. That is brand mentions. It is no-followed links. It is sources of journalism and stories that talk about a brand and associate them with topics and keywords. And those signals, I believe, will be more powerful in the future than links themselves. Yeah, this is an interesting take by Rand. And for sure, if you're a link generator, that is a big part of what you do. Might be kind of interesting to hear this take. But I think it's also interesting to note that if you're doing good content marketing and link building, all of what he's mentioning will somewhat get solved for by those same outcomes. Like if you're doing good press, people will mention you in an unmentioned way. You'll get more no-follow links and all those things. So I don't think it necessarily changes things, even though Google might re-optimize for that. Also worth noting that I think links are really hard to get. And it's just more likely, in my opinion, and continued likeliness, and I think they all tie together. This potentially ties with Rand's take together as well, is that it does seem like they're just getting smarter about which ones they should value versus like just saying we shouldn't value them at all. It almost feels like that's the right equation is to understand what is a good link signal versus a bad one. And then let's just value the good link signals and still have that be a very important part of our equation. That would be my personal opinion of where that might go. Yeah, I think it gets back to our earlier comments around with just thematically when we were talking about core web vitals with Cyrus and Mike is that, again, like the pendulum is swinging. And so when it comes to link building, I kind of see like one side of the pendulum is that traditional public relations. And then the other side of the pendulum is more of that link building SEO mindset. And where does your outreach strategy fall within that pendulum. And it might, if it's swinging more towards like just looking at links as a volumes game, but you're not thinking about PR and branding within that equation too, then you might need to like readjust your strategy slightly. Love that analogy. That's a great analogy. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure you're on the right side of the pendulum. I think that's a great, great lesson for 2021. Hey, this is Kevin Indyk, Director of SEO at Shopify. There are five things that I predict for this year. The first one is that we will see a continuation of an increasing customer acquisition cost or CAC for content, meaning creating good content will continue to increase in cost because more people create content, meaning there's more competition out there and that sets the bar for high quality higher and higher. I also think that the CAC for backlinks, the cost for backlinks will continue to increase because you need to put up more upfront cost into building good relationships, putting your brand out there and making your outreach efficient. 
I also think we'll see more modularity in the search engine result pages, meaning Google will show more SERP features that might bring or might bring more or, or less traffic to websites. And I think that brands will become an even more important ranking factor simply because brands equal reliability and trustworthiness. So people might seek them out more as more results are available. And then lastly, I don't think that Apple will launch a search engine. I think they will put a search layer on top of Siri. But there was some chatter about it, and I don't think that Apple will try to build the next Google. I don't think that fits their business model or makes a lot of sense in the current competitive environment. Those are my predictions. Thank you very much. I think Kevin has some good points. As content gets more and more competitive, of course, that saturation will mean everything's more competitive. It means it will be more expensive to rank. And in turn, you're trying to generate links and there's more options. By nature, that's going to get spread out and also it's going to consolidate at the top. So in general, I'll super biased on this regard, but it pays to not short sight things because a lot of the weight will go like if you spend a 2x effort on something and your competitors are spending 3x, effectively, you'll get no return from 2x, but maybe 3x would have gotten you like 300%. So it's a very worthwhile thing now. Obviously, the margins will get tightened. And it doesn't mean like profits will grow as well as the industry gets more competitive, but that's the nature of every market as well. I think Kevin is probably right on the other things as well. We'll see about the search engine. I'm rooting for Apple to launch the search engine, but it probably is not going to happen in 2021 just because of how difficult that is. And Apple has such high standards that maybe you noticed from my biased Android comment earlier, but I don't see them launching in a subpar search engine, which probably means that it's going to take a long time to do. Yeah, the comment that Kevin made around brands becoming a bigger ranking factor is what stood out to me the most. I think about this within the concept of Instagram advertising a lot, actually. And I mean, just like anybody else on Instagram, I get heavily retargeted all the time with all these new, like fresh startup brands across things like cookware and leisureware and things like that. I agree with him that, I mean, we already see brands really well-known brands ranking extremely high on SERPs and that being a huge factor as to why they're ranking high. There's also the classic Airbnb example where they eventually surpass the term vacation rentals just because of their brand authority. But I think we're going to start seeing that even on like a much smaller scale for some of these just more innovative brands that are like disrupting like new consumer markets. For example, one brand that I was looking for was made in cookware. And when I was looking up their information on Ahrefs and just looking at their keywords they're ranking for. I mean, obviously cookware is in their domain, so that helps them. But I was shocked to see that they were ranking on page one for the term cookware. And the fact that they were there amongst the heaviest of hitters, like Williams-Sonoma, Macy's, Target, etc. Again, having cookware in their domain probably helps a lot. But I was still really, really surprised. And I think that is because of their branding above anything else. Yeah, I agree with that. And it relates to one of our specific themes for 2021 is like playing like a predictive game almost. I mean, we're always in a way doing that based on who we pick as clients, but getting more aggressive. And I think it kind of relates to that with like, you can look up Made in Cookware's brand search and see this is a positively trending company. I think previously we were, we just would go to Ahrefs and say, hey, this company has total addressable market that's good and will make sense. But now we're taking that same thing. And is this company trending in the right direction? We won't go into too many details, but there's some things like, is it doing good things? Is it a great product? Is it 
doing good socially and from a governance standpoint, all those things could potentially trend towards good results. And those are additional research factors we're putting in our consideration set for new clients. In, in turn, for you, whether you're in-house or whatnot, you can consider those same factors as well. But I would agree. And that's one of the things, another factor like that could be, look at the homepage traction and obviously the searches are one, but how many links it's getting compared to competitors. Made in cookware might not have as raw authority as like these massive brands, but I bet if we looked at their homepage links compared to a niche, even though these are broad competitors that they have, I would bet that they're probably outpacing from a velocity standpoint because of that. And that will probably reward them pretty well down the line. If you like these content marketing tips for 2021, be sure to leave us a review.